You're listening to Mystic Fix, a program for the whole being, with Julia Gordon Brammer on News Talk STL. Welcome to Mystic Fix. I'm Julia Gordon Bramer. It's everyone's favorite subject, love. And in the spiritual world, love can get complicated with friends, family, lovers, soul contracts, past lives, and twin flames. That's what this episode of Mystic Fix is all about, in line with the lover's card in the tarot. First, Dr. Harmony is in the studio with me. Dr. Harmony helps twin flames struggling from separation wounds to transform their trauma and find union within so they can align with their divine partner. She is an Amazon best-selling author and creator of the award-winning card deck Twin Flame Ascension, which one lucky Mystic Fix winner will get a copy of. In addition, she is a quantum healer and transformational teacher with a 25-year background in chiropractic and vibrational medicine, and she holds a doctorate in divinity. Harmony, your expertise is twin flames, becoming the one and attracting the one. Can you define a twin flame? Is it different from a twin soul or a true love? Absolutely. A lot of people really get confused because they think that they're looking for their soul partner, or their soul mate. But the one that they say that they want that's their soul mate is technically the twin flame that they're referring to. However, from a twin flame standpoint, that journey is a process inside because it's you coming into balance with yourself and learning to love yourself and becoming the one that you want to be with that then mirrors you in your reality and you attract that vibrational level of who you are. Mm. So it's a little confusing because it technically becomes your highest match, but you have to become your highest match to attract your highest match. So it's kind of the, the yin-yang, right? Absolutely. Kind of, yeah, reaching that other half or... Yes. Oh, okay. Do you believe in wholeness, like personal wholeness? Absolutely. And that's what this is all about. It's coming into the whole and complete version of yourself mm-hmm. so that you can then attract that version of you. So technically... You you know, we think about the relationship in not gender terms, but in energy terms, we're talking about masculine and feminine energy, or like you said, the yin and the yang. And so it's about you finding that balance between your head and your heart, mm-hmm. your right brain and your left brain, and coming into a centeredness of being able to do and be all at the same time so that you find a balance in you. And then when you're learning to dance the side of your ability to be and do, then you're able to then you know, take that into your life and everything mirrors balance with you. How does one go about doing this? Like, how, how does one know where they are, first of all, and uh, and, and, and how to be better, how, how to raise your vibration or, or however you might put it? <laughs> I call it recalibrate your vibration. Okay. So there's several parts to it. And it is very deep because of the fact that most people look at this as the person outside of them mm-hmm. versus the process. So that's where it's becoming the whole and complete is bringing the self-love within mm-hmm. and being creating the lover of yourself between your own masculine and feminine energies and paying attention. So creating self-awareness to look at your life and what is not working, where you're showing up and, you know, everything is a mirror. So not just a twin flame is a mirror. A twin flame represents a mirror, but that's one aspect of you. The whole world is our mirror. Our mm-hmm. reality is our mirror. You know, even our home, how we treat our home is the mirror of our soul. Right? Uh-huh. So if you look around in the areas of your life that aren't working, in this case, the love and relationship, everyone is the mirror of you. The type of relationship you have with them mirrors the relationship you have with yourself. 
Mm. So when you look at that relationships that you have with other people, you can start to look at, okay, where is this triggering me? Where is this person triggering me? Okay. And now you, you look in that. Yeah, this is very much in line with uh, when I talk to my tarot clients and talk about, you know, what we're experiencing is what's going on inside of us. Mm-hmm. So I also suggest that we teach the world how to treat us by what we put up with. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. I, I can see a little bit of both or a lot of both in Absolutely. there. Absolutely. So the way you kind of look at that is not only to start observing what's happening that you don't like, and instead of pointing the finger, which is giving your power away to that person, that experience or situation, you look at where is that in me? What within me can I strengthen to create what it is I actually want with that person? So if you're being abandoned, which happens in a lot of relationships, on the deepest level, you're abandoning your own needs, your right. own abilities to show up for yourself or speak up for yourself. Right. So right. it's learning how to do these things for yourself. And for some of us, you know, if you grew up in a less than perfect family and you didn't learn your worth and you just kind of emulate what your parents taught you about yourself or or the message you got in any case. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where the soul contracts come in with us because contracts, we, we choose our parents and our parents is where we learn our intimate relationship patterns from early on, from the beginning. In that process, the whole goal is to mirror and attract people that help us heal those wounds. And so when we go to, through the process of healing the wounds within ourselves and bring that balance into ourself and that wholeness within ourselves, we will stop getting triggered by situations and experiences that are triggering and mirroring those wounds for us to heal. And that is when we do come into the true wholeness of ourself, which will then attract a partner, will not trigger and mirror your wounds anymore because you've healed them. Wonderful. Yeah, that's that's the goal, right? Uh, it's kind of like the Hindus uh, where where they say that the the highest goal is that you don't have to come back. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so we we're on this on it's this a cycle of, of lessons. Right. Yeah. This, the karmic lessons of what we are experiencing to learn our soul's evolution, basically. Exactly. So how did you become a, a twin flame expert? <laughs> Well, let's just say I didn't choose it. It chose me. Yeah, it does always (laughs) seems to be the way with the spiritual work. Absolutely. So the funny thing is I've been in training for basically my whole life, but with my quantum physics background and dealing with energy and dealing with polarities and creating balance in mind, body, spirit, that equipped me to be able to energetically realize that this twin flame journey is a energetic relationship within yourself mm-hmm. between these energies within you yeah and that's where you can start to if you learn from your awareness to see where your blocks are with people then you can take that to the next level and go into the blocks of your energetic processes down to the mental processes the unconscious processes the emotional aspects that connect to that so my experience obviously came from my journey of these phenomenons that a lot of people go through because what happens is they meet someone, they start feeling this energetic connection that's different than the soulmate because the soulmate's coming from this deep heart and just everything's like very like white picket fence and feels so harmonious uh-huh. and like you just love them and want to be with them. Well, you can be with your twin flame too, but your twin flame points out all your flaws. 
points oh. out, you know, mirrors all your flaws and mirrors all the things you work on. So <laughs> when you look at that and you're looking at yourself in that mirrored reflection of that person, it is not fun. Can twin flames be outside of romance? Like, Absolutely. So you can have twin flames at work? and Yes. Interesting. Yes. So, okay. And that's where the thing is. So technically, this is where it gets a little tricky because technically, from the old paradigm of what we've known twin flames to be, it is just that one person that's the other half of your soul and that mirrors you and, you know, you heal all your wounds and you help each other go through the process of balancing your inner energies to harmonize your energies together. Mm-hmm. But in the process of that, then go through the series of people like that's an aspect of you, meaning like as we have awakened to this phenomenon and it is a phenomenon because we're in a self-love movement. Uh-huh. And because we're in a self-love movement, more twin flames than the history of time are waking up to this phenomenon than we've ever known. So we're starting to understand it differently than the history has taught us, where it is technically one person. But that one person is the true reflection of your highest version. Uh-huh. And now, if we can mirror everyone and everyone's our teacher... Like you said, anybody, like we could be twin flames, you know, uh-huh. mirroring, mirroring to me, like what it is that, you know, I need to see within myself. Basically. Sure, sure. Yeah. So it seems to me that this is work that could benefit anybody. Absolutely. It, it's not if that you just need to find your true love, you right. know, if, if somebody just wants to develop themselves. And I always talk about uh, what triggers me and, you know, trigger being such a buzzword these days. Yeah. And but we all know when we have those moments when our adrenaline gets up and we feel like, you know, you're just going to bang out that answer on Twitter or <laughs> or, uh, or or this is a way to slow down and and say, what what is what is the saying about me within me? Right. Oh, absolutely. To discover yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's a self-discovery journey. And that's what in this this deck is all about you becoming your own oracle within. Right. So so to talk about this deck, and this is a sealed one that we're going to give away to a, a listener who wants to write mysticfix.com. Um, this is not an ordinary, it's not a, not a tarot deck, and it's not an ordinary oracle deck. It's kind of its own creation, right? Yeah, it is. It's the first twin flame deck that's of just you know, four twin flames uh-huh. on the mass market. So when I started creating it uh, about seven years ago, there wasn't a twin flame deck period made. Mm-hmm. And now there's some self-published ones. But this, actually, when you asked me how I got into this, this deck became my journey. Like, my journey was this deck. And I created this deck based on my own journey. Oh, and so, so it's so it's almost a, a diary for you. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so it's about you becoming your oracle within and trusting your own process and learning how to go through the ascension, which is how this parallels, because ascension is us ascending to a higher version of ourself through the dark, going through a dark night of the soul that wakes us up to higher consciousness. And that's one of the things I mentioned in the energetic connection of a twin flame or a person that appears to be your twin flame they activate you on an energetic level that awakens you to higher consciousness that now you become more aware of what's going on in your life, your surroundings, and what's going on around you. Mm. And a lot of people start seeing the number 1111 when this happens. Huh. And there's a whole, you know, there's a whole thing about what that number means and other numbers mean. Right, angel numbers. And yeah, yeah. all of that. That's its own kind of topic, but it's very common. That's the wake-up call for spiritual awakening. So the whole process is about spiritually awakening 
and discovering more about who you are and taking the journey to go through a dark night of the soul to release anything that's not serving you purpose anymore. Mm-hmm. And that way you're actually, like you said, raising your vibration. And there are things you can do to accelerate that process once you become awakened to it. And yes, it can be a person that's activating you to start that initially. And that's why people get confused. Like, okay, they activated me. I feel this energetic connection with them. I've never experienced this before. And and I didn't finish this while ago, but I just want to say that's where my quantum physics background comes in in this because it's magnetic. It's, it is literally like a battery that pulls you together with the positive and negative polarities that huh. creates this magnetic connection yeah. that draws you in. And we can have a number of twin flames, right? Like it doesn't have to be just one or, or does it? So it's kind of both in that. And the reason I say it's kind of both is because technically our soul signed up to experience this one person, right? That is our person that can become the soulmate once you harmonize these polarities together. Because technically they wake you up and there's all these things inside of you that you don't like and you need to fix. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now that's where, because you've got that going on, you can have multiple people from different aspects you know, showing you different aspects of yourself. I went through a revolving door people that has showed me mirrored reflections. History tells us there's one person, but we've never known it to be the way it is now. And technically we do have one person that we are to end up with as a soul contract that once we harmonize can turn from the twin flame energy to more harmonious energy of a soulmate type energy. So it's, it's kind of both. And what I say both is we do have one person, technically, if that's our choice. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side of that, it is can be everyone can create the twin flame experience is what I call it, or the twin flame connection, I call it, because we can connect energetically with everyone, not just one person, because it's inside of us that it's where it's taking place. Okay, so I was going to ask if you could be mistaken, and I guess it doesn't matter, right? Because because everyone is energetic well, and energetic being. Well, that's where I tell people, like, we know this label for a reason, and it's in our history, and we need it to identify, but I teach people you need to really lose the label, because in the energy we're in right now, everybody's waking up consciously, everybody's connecting in an energetic level that's differently, it can be super confusing to identify who that one person is. And if you get stuck on that person and you think that they're the, you're one because it says and you feel you're, you know, this is a twin flame experience, then you're basically blocking yourself from your furthering your growth and you're being stuck on a person when it's a process. Interesting. So, um, Harmony, you um, do a, a lot of uh, other projects here. You know, you've got the Soul Writers Academy. You assist light workers working to earn money doing what they love, a spiritually based coaching business. Um, you've created uh, many programs, uh, group retreats, and I love this, that have helped thousands from Hollywood to Bollywood yeah. <laughs> transcend their limitations. Uh, talk about... Uh, What's uh, what's going on next? How how people can reach you? So, going on next, I have an Ascension Accelerate Your Ascension Academy uh-huh. that is new. Something that I just launched, and it's to help people tr- like transcend their limitations and to connect to a higher version of themselves. 
and it's a combination of group coaching and live coaching with me um, in the group coaching community and then online courses to actually help people going through this process have more support rather than doing it alone. So you can visit twinflameexpert.com and I have a, a, um, an academy section there and the Accelerate Your Academy you can learn more there about how to get connected with that. Cool. But they can also work with you one-on-one, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Great. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Uh, with this continually changing social and political climate, love can become a casualty. Next up, we're going to meet Matthew McKay, the author of Love in the Time of Impermanence, next on News Talk STL 1019 and 94.1. You're listening to Mystic Fix on News Talk STL. We can leave the Christmas lights up till and we're back with Mystic Fix on 1019 and 941. I am speaking with Matthew McKay, who's a psychologist and professor at the Wright Institute. He has authored over 40 books. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk about um, Dr. McKay's latest book, Love in the Time of Impermanence. So first of all, hello. Delighted to be with you, Julie. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so my show, Mystic Fix, is the spiritual angle of things. And, you know, I think when you just glance at your book, OK, you might be addressing love in this really changing social political climate. And, you know, and you're a psychologist and all of that. But you do have a spiritual angle to this because you got the information from this book, if I'm understanding correctly, um, from channeling your son who passed away in his early 20s, right? That's right. My son passed away more than 14 years ago, and I learned how to channel with him, learned how to communicate. And in some ways, this this book uh, is an outgrowth of our relationship, but it's also an outgrowth of um, my life as a psychologist and a couples therapist. And I've witnessed the death of love many, many, many times over the over the years. Uh, but it also, Jordan, as a source for much of the wisdom, it makes sense because, you know, who understands love better than someone who is in the afterlife and has, you know, uh, sees and recognizes and understands love in a way that we can't hear. Sure, sure. So first of all, I'm very sorry for your loss. Um, I have a friend who lost her son around the same age and one never gets over that. Um, what I, I guess let's start from the beginning. Um, not all of my listeners and, and viewers know entirely what channeling is. So, so why don't you discuss that a little bit? Channeling is something that anyone can do. And I've taught hundreds and hundreds of people to channel it, but it basically it's opening the telepathic communication between people who are embodied who are, you know, on earth and people who are in spirit. And all the people we love in spirit are really just a thought away. As soon as we think about them, we actually start to open the channel. And we can facilitate that very easily with simple meditations and the awareness of the love between us and that other soul. Uh, and we can begin conversations. And I learned the channel many years ago from Ralph Messner, who was a kind of a specialist in after-death communication. And uh, since then, I've had hundreds and hundreds of conversations with Jordan 
that have led to several books and um, his desire to help people who are still on earth uh, with some of the wisdom that comes from the other side. Love is a strange subject today. You know, it, it seems that everything has been so commodified and, and, Today, love is swiping right and hookups and, you know, all these. Um, but there's maybe nothing so pure and uh, and just unconditional as a parent's love for a child. What have you learned through Jordan about about what love is and what love is not? Well, I think one of the most important things that he's taught me and that that I've learned really in all these years as a couples therapist is that love is not an emotion. And see, we, we think that love is this emotion, and only when we have that emotion do we act on love. And, uh, and what Jordan has said and what I've learned is that love is behavior. It's what we do, not what we feel. And um, the, you know, our needs and desires aren't love. Sexual desire is not love. Um, self-sacrifice isn't love. Uh, it's... It's none of that. What love is, is the intention to act with love. And, and Jordan talks a lot about the, the four components of love. And, and the first component, actually knowing and seeing and getting who this other human being is, paying attention. So, and, and that's an active process. We learn about each other actively by asking questions, by inquiring, by being interested in what is going on and what the experience of the other is. So love in part is this active process of knowing and continuing to discover um, whatever is happening with that other beloved. The second part is, is caring. It's just caring about what happens to that soul, that person. And that's an active process. Um, extending cares, extending our, our, our effort uh, to, to improve the quality of life of that human. And then the third part is compassion, just recognizing the pain that we all feel and how hard this life is, how challenging it is, and how much we struggle, how much we lose, how much, uh, how, how much uh, we bear these difficult emotions, and to have compassion for that. Uh, and so all of this then is part of an active intention to make our behavior toward that other person one that embodies love. Yeah, I, I think so many people approach love from either a place of neediness mm -hmm. or a place of obsession. And both of those are unhealthy. And, and to me, it seems that that seeing love is more of a destination, something to get to versus being a conduit of love. It's my goal all the time to try and approach everyone I'm with, and especially the harder situations. What is the most loving way I can work through this? And can can I be love? Can I embody love? Um, versus versus just trying to feel it. So uh, so I I feel like I'm with you or, or with Jordan <laughs> there. And just yeah. that love is active. Um, it's 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 doing something. It's something we have control over. We don't have much control over our feelings. Our feelings come and go. Yeah. Uh, instead, our, our decision and our commitment to act on love is something that we always have control over. We can always decide to act on love. 
when I'm, I talk to my clients, I'm a professional tarot card reader. And when I talk to my clients and, and some people are a little bit weird about Christianity, but I always say New Testament, first Corinthians chapter 13, they have a definition of love. And to a lot of people, it's very boring. You know, it's love is patient and kind. It is never jealous or envious, and, you know, but that really is the rock solid feeling you can count on, not not the passion. I think we're passion junkies today, right? In in this in this society. And we want uh, we want love like a drug and we just want to feel intensity. And uh, and that can be very alluring. Uh, and uh, and I've been guilty as anybody of, of slipping into that, but it isn't what we count on. H- how can pain and loss be pathways to love? Yeah, I think one of the things uh, that pain and loss does, uh, there's, there's several ways. One is that the awareness that we can lose the beloved, we, whatever it is we love, you know, some, it, it can be taken from us, at, at least in terms of our w- role in this world. And, and so there is this level of impermanence that every relationship has and, and that the experience of love has. And so the, and it, makes, it makes that person more precious. It makes the experience of the relationship more precious because it can be lost. It can be changed. Um, and you just think about people you know, who have spent a long time together. Everything has changed for them. Their bodies have changed. They're um, perhaps their awareness, their mental faculties have changed, their emotions have changed. So much changes, and yet love can stay in the face of all that. We can maintain love in the face of all of that. And so, so impermanence in some way teaches us to appreciate love more deeply and to enact love in the face of not knowing when it can change, when it can be lost. So that's one thing. But the other thing is we come here to learn about love. I think that's one of our main purposes in incarnating and coming to a, a, a physical planet is to learn about love because love is hard here. It, there are all these obstacles to love. There are all these things that get in the way of love and that we have to learn how to love in the face of all of this pain and all of these obstacles. And, you know, you're mentioning parenting. Just think about it. A, a parent comes home. And they're tired, they're exhausted, they had a bad day at work, they're kind of anxious about their job, they're one, maybe their relationship isn't going so hot. All that's going on, and their child needs their attention. Child, child is, is, is having a, a strong emotion, a strong reaction. Maybe they need help with homework. And enacting love toward that child requires pushing past all of that pain, the tiredness, the doubt, the fear, and everything that's going on, pushing past that in order to enact love. Uh, or, or consider uh, two people who are in a relationship and, and one is upset and, and concerned and, and asking for changes in the relationship. And so the one who's hearing all that has to enact love in the face of maybe feeling hurt, maybe feeling responsible, oh, feeling like there's something wrong with me. In face of all of that pain, still have to figure out how can I love my partner? How can I find out what their need is and be able to respond to it? So you see... That we're loving, we're constantly trying to uh, enact love in the face of difficulties, pain, and obstacles, and that's really what we're learning to do here. And you, your book actually gives practices and meditations toward cultivating love and gratitude. Correct. Right. So, love in a time of impermanence has some real tools. If I could offer this to your audience, is is Jordan has really impressed on me the importance of starting each day with the intention 
to love. You know, our days are full of uh, moments of choice where we could act on love or we could act on some sort of an emotion or some or or some sort of avoidance or so so the, and so our days are filled with these moments of choice and so what jordan encourages us to do is to start the day with a simple vipassana meditation just noticing the breath awareness of the breath uh when thoughts arise return to the breath uh and then say to yourself Today, at the moment of choice, I am love. And that what we're saying is I'm going to notice all the moments of choice. I'm going to notice those moments when I could act on love or something else. I love and that. I'm going to act on love. I'm going to be love in those moments and to start each yeah. day. Yeah, I think too many people are afraid of being vulnerable and, and want the guarantee that they'll be loved back. <laughs> you know, like I'm not going to give love unless I get love. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and that's not really love, is it? <laughs> that's, that's conditional love. I, I'll, I'll give you some love if, if you give me what I need. And right. actually, uh, it is um, it's a bargain as opposed to love. Yeah. So you talk about a life navigation principle, um, how it influences our, our choices and, and the ways we love. Can you talk about that a little? Yeah, we all kind of have a principle for how we navigate in the world. And navigate means when we have choices. You know, what, what do we do with all the choices in our lives? And a navigation principle is kind of a, an overarching value of what, what matters to us most and what we navigate toward and what we navigate away from. And some people have a very simple pleasure-pain navigation principle. It's like, I navigate toward things that are pleasurable and I navigate away from anything that feels hard or painful. You know, that might seem reasonable on the, on the face of it. But what happens is we end up having a life without love. Um, mm -hmm. If we're simply navigating toward what feels good, what's pleasurable mm -hmm. versus what is difficult, uh, we end up with love because love is difficult. Uh, yeah. it, it takes effort. It's hard to love. And if we're avoiding anything that's difficult, or anything that's, that's, that's challenging or painful, we will end up avoiding love. And so, and so the navigation principle is really very important in terms of how we, how we move. You know, some people, their navigation principle is I go move toward wealth or I move toward power and control. So, so people have various navigation principles, but to have a principle in which we navigate toward love, that is unfailingly, when I have a choice, that's the direction I go. That becomes really important. Isn't it interesting? I mean, I've met so many clients who are very, you know, financially successful, very powerful in their careers. Um, they, you know, they seem to have checked all the boxes in so many ways, except love. Like love is the one thing that that so many trip up on. Pain and impermanence are ways we learn about love. Okay, it's it's not. I mean, the the, the world is a difficult place, and there's a lot of pain in it but it but all of that pain is an opportunity to learn how to love and so it, rather than being a barrier to love it's an opportunity to figure out well how you know just like the parent how how do i love my child at this moment needing my support needing my help 
when I'm tired, when I'm anxious, when I'm struggling, all of that pain, how do I enact love with that pain? Or for the, the other example, how, how do I enact love toward my partner when I'm feeling hurt or ashamed or um, uh, there's something wrong with me because my partner has asked for something to change in our relationship? So how do I act on love in the face of that? So every time we have a moment of pain, we have a choice whether to just try to avoid that pain and run away from it, or how can I act on love in the face of this pain? Gosh, I could talk to you about this all day, uh, but we're coming up up to a, a crunch here. I'm really happy to say Inner Traditions is going to offer a free copy of Love in the Time of Impermanence to one of our listeners. So uh, get your get your name on the list at uh, mysticfix.com, and uh, you may be one of uh, the lucky ones to get a copy of that book. Matthew, how can we reach you? My email is Matt at newharbinger.com. All right. Well, we sure do appreciate your time. It was wonderful to meet you, and uh, I look forward to digging into this book. You're entirely welcome. Lover. You're listening to Mystic Fix on News Talk STL. We could let our friends crash in the living room. This is our place. We make the call. And we're back with Mystic Fix. It's time for the tarot card readings for our lucky callers. Our spiritual journey tonight will begin. Can't outrun your fate. Let me tell you about you. I know who you are, what you are, and why you have come. Take a good look at these cards, young man. They contain all the secrets of the universe. What does it say? Hello. Hi, is this Davida? It is. Hello, this is Julia from Mystic Fix. Hi. What's your question for us today? I had falls that uh, made me have quite a bit of surgery on my bones. And uh, I really would like to know uh, how that looks. Well, I'm trying to recuperate. Okay. How that will go for me. Okay, sure. Let me take a look. And I do have another psychic here with me. Um, do you want to also do a reading, Harmony? So, all right. So, honestly, this does look like a time of good healing for you. Uh, I, I am not too worried. Uh, your first card is Ace of Cups, and this is uh, a handing to you of, you know, sometimes medicine. Um, cups are always about healing. So you are on the path for healing. Now, the Seven of Pentacles, oh, yeah, the Seven of Pentacles is the time. Uh, that is is the unfortunate circumstance here. This isn't a fast healing. It looks like it's going to take a little while. It, it, it's the man who has sown his seeds and he's waiting to reap the rewards. But, you know, that can be the next season. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah. so your central card, Davida, is Judgment. And the judgment card is, is our karma card. And, and karma is not good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. We all know that's not true. It's more like in the Bible where we say, as you sow, so you shall reap. And what we sow are seeds. So the way I'm seeing this, um, there's a lesson for you in why this fall happened to you. Uh, you may have been doing something from negative energy, basically. And what I mean by that is if you, you know, if, if I tell you, Davida, I want you to come over and clean my basement for me. 
Okay. Well, that's a big imposition, right? But if you go, okay, I'll do it. And you come over grumbling and you do it. Well, that might be an occasion that you have a fall. Your energy would be bad. It wouldn't uh, It wouldn't be a, a, a true, authentic expression of joy, right? And, and we're here to be honest and joyful. So if you do something from anger, if you do something from guilt, if you do something because you're forced to, uh, it usually does not pan out. So I would really like to see you in a place of, of sort of checking in on the that inner emotion and how do I really feel about this? And sometimes we don't know always in the moment and don't make a decision from a place where you don't know your energy. Uh, Take a moment. Now, your next card is the star, and this is about a dream coming true. So I do believe you're going to be healed. Uh, But there is a caveat here, and it's the Page of Cups. And it does look like you're continuing to take some medicine or some therapy. So it may be that, you know, you continue to have some aches and pains and need a little bit of help with that. But overall, I do see you healing. So um, Harmony, is there something you'd like to say about this? So why don't... One of the things I see that's coming through with this is taking a look within your emotions and that what emotions were you experienced at the time you had the fall? And then also like what emotions, how does that, those emotions link to something in your past and especially in past relationships? And then how does that relate to the relationships you're in right now? Because it looks like you're being tested in this karma to really come into the like connection of your own emotions and you're to be filling up your own cup instead of doing people pleasing with other people. Oh. Okay. So that that's really oh, not so different. <laughs> it is a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. So thank you so much. And, and I hope that's helpful. And I think, you know, if you can just have one takeaway, you're going to be all right. You're going to be better soon. Oh, it, it's just going to take so a little much. while. You bet. Nice talking right. to you. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. This is Anna. Hello, Anna. This is Julia from Mystic Fix. How are you doing? I'm good, Julia. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Uh, I have Dr. Harmony in the station with me today. She is a fellow psychic, and so you are going to get a double reading. So what is your question, please? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Well, as you you know, I'm a Kaushik reader, and I'm very familiar with energy and working with energy, but I have been absolutely just inundated with massive amounts of energy, almost to the point where I'm debilitated this week since Tuesday. And I would love to know what the heck is going on and what I can do about it. Okay. Okay. Hang tight. We are shuffling the cards. Harmony is going to start and then I'll jump in with mine. Just so you know, these cards are very magnetic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I can feel, feel them. Okay. So one of the first things I want to start with, based on what you said about the energy, is you definitely are going through a process of upgrading your and awakening your soul blueprint and so 
you're shifting away from definitely an identity of your past. And so you may be finding or feeling if it hasn't even started, like everything around you, because this upgrade in your energy is going to start shifting away from you. And the problem is, though, you have not been willing to receive. And so you're being asked in this upgrade to open up and to be able to shift your cups around, basically, because we got a lot of cups going on here. And so it's like as anything's coming into you, it's also going away from you. All right. Now I will read for you, Anna. All right. It's showing up for me as sort of blockages. Um, your your first card is the Seven of Cups, and this is about your goals, your bucket list, uh, which uh, you look to me like you, you have a lot of clear things in mind. You have a lot of decisions about your direction and, and where you're putting your energy already. Um, but it, it isn't a card of fruition, necessarily. Um, Ace of Wands is next for you, and this is about ideas and enthusiasm. You know, you've got all of that in spades, but your central card is the Hanged Man in reverse. And I like to say the Hanged Man hangs from his foot, not his neck. He's not dying. And he's also got this halo around his head, which is enlightenment. He's learning in his stuckness. Um, I think this whacked-out energy you're feeling is your enlightenment. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so it's interesting because you've got the five of wands in reverse, which is a self-struggle. Uh, straight up, the five of wands is struggle with others, but, but in reverse, I read that as, as within the self. So, you know, you may be trying to tame this energy. You may be trying to apply it to those dreams in the seven of cups. You may have, uh, you know, specific ways you want to handle yourself in this energy. And I feel like the cards are like, hey, you can't necessarily control this. <laughs> so um, I do see it sort of settling down. We've got the seven of pentacles, which is a card of taking some time. Um, it is a card of, of reaping the rewards after a certain amount of time. So I don't think this is necessarily bad, but I would say don't fight it and and try to go with the flow as much as you can. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hello. Amanda, this is Julia from Mystic Fix. How are you? Hi. Very well, thank you. Um, do you have a question for me? Yeah, I do. I'm thinking about changing jobs. Okay. And uh, all right. And I have a fellow psychic beside me. We're both going to read you. You get a, you get a, a double double reading today. So uh, you just what? want me you just want me to look at, at the job change and see what I see. Yeah. Okay. I would have thought of a better question if I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Um, well, I see it happening. Um, so Ace of Wands is a new beginning, and it's energetic and enthusiastic. Um, the judgment card is saying it's about being rewarded for hard work. You know, you can't get a better card in, in a career question. So, I, you know, you have the experience. You have the ability. Your central card, nine of cups in reverse, you're just not very satisfied where you are now. And the three of pentacles is in reverse, which is letting go of a contract or a commitment. So I see you celebrating this job change with the three of cups at the end. Um, 
it's simply going to happen, and it looks like sooner rather than later. Um, I will let my friend Harmony take over from here and uh, and fill in some of the details. Nice. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Hi. Do you see any, like, particular direction I should be looking in? Like, Yeah, so, well, first of all, a piece of this is about letting go of the past and, like, your past stories, your experiences, the pain that's related to this, or basically even your fear. And it also feels like there's a little bit of concern about what, if you've got the right tools, the skills that you need. But you have the Queen of Swords that is, like in this present moment that who you are and where you are and it's the central point of this process and so the queen knows what she wants so you need to be very decisive you need to like basically make a choice and choose that this is the direction you want to go forward because hanging on to the past is what's going to slow the process down so in this process um Definitely, there's a celebration, and it, and it's really like in the past aspect. We have like the nine of swords here, so it's really cutting ties to your old patterns. So it's going to get you moving forward, moving into the five of pentacles, which really also connects to magic and creation and the alchemist. And it's what do you want? So choose what you want. Stay focused on that, and then you know. That's the block is you making the decision to come within yourself and to choose your direction and bring your power into it. I never got a college education, and it's always been a source of, you know, I've 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 done well without it, but it has always been like a little back in my mind. I should have, you know, or I can't apply for this because it. You know, I don't have that degree behind me, so. Yeah, um, I'm. You know, I I wouldn't let that slow you down. Um, in this day and age, especially as someone who comes out of academia, which I do, uh, there so many degrees are just kind of bought and paid for, and they do not equate real world experience. So your maturity. Uh, is, is something that the right employer will value. So, so don't don't degrade yourself. Don't look on, down on yourself for that. Um, I, I think uh, I, I think you are going to be celebrating from where I saw. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Amanda. Bye bye. Hey, want to meet me in person? I'll be at the Casey Metaphysical Psychic Fair reading tarot cards at the Ameristar Casino on April seventh. 8th, and 9th. Come on down to get an in-person reading with me, or just say hi. Mystic Fix listeners who stop by my table will get to the front of the line, so to speak, for a free reading on this show. If you want more information, please check out the KC Metaphysical Fair Facebook page. I really hope to see you. Before we go, I want to thank our sponsor, Comma Flight, at the Chosen Retreat Center in Sebastian, Florida. Redefining the dance between the masculine and the feminine. Visit at Flight, that's K-A-M-A-F-L-I-G-H-T, on Instagram for videos, links, and more information. Well, that's another episode of Mystic Fix. If you enjoyed this, 
please like and subscribe to the podcast or videocast. Subscriptions are the way we get found in searches, and it really helps. You're listening to Mystic Fix on 1019 and 941 News Talk STL. Until next time. <laughs>